You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. You can get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at blueberry.com. That's like a blueberry without the E's. So it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Dave's not here. That's right. Dave's not here. Welcome Into Tomorrow. I'm Chris Graveline coming to you from the Dexcom G6 studios. Make knowledge your superpower for managing type 1 diabetes. Visit dexcom.com. This is the Into Tomorrow broadcast for the weekend of June 11th, 2021. Dave is recovering from his much-anticipated and dreaded vocal cord surgery. Uh, Doctors said everything went well, and they removed a pretty decent-sized polyp from his vocal cords. He's on strict doctor's orders to stay completely silent for the duration of his recovery, uh, which should be complete in time for next week's show. So it's uh, the longest he's gone without talking since he started talking. Um, And it's been eerily quiet around the studios this week. But not too quiet, uh, because our team has been busy putting together a sort of best of for you this week. Some things that you may not have heard on recent shows. So that'll be uh, coming up. But first, let me remind you of our big, cool, into tomorrow hot summer giveaway that is in full swing. Stay tuned. We're going to tell you about some of the cool stuff you can win just for participating on the show. To do so, you can call our Ask Dave hotline at 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. With any tech question, comment, help for another listener, you can use our free Into Tomorrow app available for both iOS and Android. You'll see a message to studio button there that will allow you to send us an audio message that way. You can also participate by visiting our site and clicking the red Ask Dave microphone. Don't forget to let us know where you're participating from and how you listen. Again, that Ask Dave button is right there for you at intotomorrow.com. Now, before we get to some of your calls and emails, some tech news uh, happened this week. Apple held its big developer conference earlier this week, all digital for the second year in a row. Some of the big announcements included upgrades to many of its operating systems, most notably iOS 15. Apple also unveiled macOS Monterey, previously known as macOS 12, along with watchOS 8 and iPadOS 15. Now, we expect most of these will be uh, widely released sometime this fall. In the big keynote address, they also unveiled some new tricks for existing Existing products such as FaceTime, including the announcement that it will be available on the web, so Windows and Android users will finally have access to the feature, uh, which seems to be coming more of a Zoom alternative. They also announced updates to iMessage and Apple Maps, a slew of new health features, updates to Siri and AirPods, and a new iCloud Plus service with some enhanced privacy controls. So stay tuned next week. We'll go into some more detail of some of the other news that came out of Apple's conference. Steve in Lake Villa, Illinois, or is it Lake Villa? Lake Villa. Lake Villa, okay. Uh, listens to the free Into Tomorrow podcast, ah, and is calling using the new Ask Dave button on the Into Tomorrow website. Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. Oh, and Dave's there, too. Oh, thanks. I think my message got lost in the app this last time around, so I'm going to try it again. I 
kind of invested in Google smart speakers. Uh, my wife bought me a smart screen for Christmas. I have, I don't know how many little mini hubs around the house. I kind of do a surround sound through the house so I can listen to music wherever I go. So what I was thinking was I might need a tablet to go with this. So the question I have is what tablet would work kind of in the Google ecosystem with the smart screen, the speakers. I have Chromecast, but I prefer the Roku. Thought you guys may have an answer. Hi, Chris. He only said hi to you. Well, he did say hi to me, too. I guess it's my lack of voice lately. But, boy, the the calls, the web app calls sound great. Yeah. So thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. Uh, But any tablet will generally work well with Google's ecosystem. Even iPads can play nice with most Google services. But if you've fully bought into Google's ecosystem, you might as well go for the closest to a Google tablet that you can get. So at the moment, Google's not listing any made-by-Google tablets on their site. You can still find the old ones online, but the fact that they're not listed on their site doesn't send the best sign about the company's willingness to support them. Tablets are not very popular anymore, so they may have just decided that it's a market segment they don't need to address directly. And since Made by Google isn't really an option for you right now, you should probably look at some of the second best to that, stock Android tablets. Mm -hmm. It's hard to truly find stock tablets that don't come with any extra bloatware from the manufacturer, but there are some uh, that might work for you. Uh, One is the Samsung Galaxy Tab S7. It's got a bright 11-inch screen, 13 hours of battery life, and it's compatible with Samsung's keyboard cases, if you're interested in that. The tablet does use a Snapdragon 865 Plus, which is largely okay, but not exactly the fastest processor around these days. You can find the Samsung Galaxy Tab S7 for around 550 bucks online. Yeah, now you can also look at the Lenovo Tab P11 Pro. It's also an 11-inch tablet with a good OLED screen. The Lenovo Tab P11 Pro has two particularly attractive features, we think. The 8,600 milliamp per hour battery and its $400 price tag, which isn't bad for a decent tablet. It's not the best around in terms of performance or cameras, but it's very good for the price. Yeah, and you should probably avoid Amazon tablets. They do run a customized version of Android, but and they're very cheap. It's not rare to find the 10-inch version for a little more than 100 bucks, but they're designed to push Amazon service from the store itself. So it's video, music, and other offerings. That doesn't mean that you won't be able to make it work if you're determined, but it'll always try to steer you towards Alexa or Amazon Music over Google's Assistant and YouTube Music, for example. Yeah. And thank you, Steve. Sorry you had trouble with app participation. Everyone who did the last two months, we knew there was a problem and we apologize. So use the new web uh, participation. You sound great. Into Tomorrow occasionally takes an email. You know, we'd much rather hear you. It is radio, after all, and We just don't want to read emails all the time, but we do occasionally. For example, here's one from Rob. The other disadvantage to an email is we have no idea where he was writing from, how he listens to the show, or whether he loves us or not. But he did ask two questions. He says, what is the difference between a Wi-Fi booster and a Wi-Fi extender? Ah. Uh, What is a good Wi-Fi booster or extender? Garage is about 20 feet away from my hub. Thank you for any help you can give, and be safe. Oh, well, thank you, Rob. You be safe as well. Those terms are mostly used interchangeably, actually. They're both wireless range extenders. There could be a difference in that a Wi-Fi extender sometimes refers to a wired device that you plug into your wired network, if you have one, to extend your Wi-Fi to a place that wouldn't otherwise get it. But more often than not, they're meant to identify devices that will take a Wi-Fi network and somehow make it reach places it normally wouldn't. Booster 
is mainly a term for something that takes a wireless signal, boosts it, and repeats it. But there's no official definition that anyone's required to stick to, so don't worry. Yeah, now, as far as good boosters or extenders, uh, most of them are either difficult to set up or difficult to use. For example, some will force you to connect to a network once you start to lose your main one. That's luckily not always the case. But those that truly extend a single network and are just standalone repeaters sometimes have compatibility issues or are a lot of work to set up. Now, the exception are uh, mesh systems like the Eero, Google Wi-Fi, or Netgear's Orbi. All of these will be easy to set up and use, but they won't be as cheap as old-style extenders. If your garage is only about 20 feet from your hub, you should get a usable signal in there unless there's an awful lot of metal in those walls. If you mean yards, then a good repeater will probably help and a mesh system will help make your setup easier and use more seamless. Yeah, uh, you kind of get the idea that, that while there might be interchangeable, there are some advantages, obviously, especially to the mesh system. A lot of folks go in there. They can also handle more devices these days because we're really overtaxing, all of us, our Wi-Fi networks. We might have had a computer and a phone, and now we've got so many other devices, including smart home devices and smart TVs and just all sorts of things, smart speakers, right? All things that are overtaxing. So absolutely try to improve your Wi-Fi whenever possible. More details for you and our notes at intotomorrow.com. During these difficult times, we understand how important it is to stay healthy and safe. With so many of us confined to our homes and not being able to work, we feel the financial burden more than ever. Many folks lost their jobs and businesses. Others were furloughed and some are working from home at reduced pay. Keeping up with your bills is not easy under these circumstances. If you have credit card debt and cannot keep up with your monthly payments, we at Debt Fix Pros are here to help. Give us a call to see how we can reduce your interest rates and lower your monthly payments. Protect your credit and let us help you find a solution that fits your needs. We, your friends at Debt Fix Pros, are here to help. Let us take care of your credit card debt so you can focus on what is really important. Call for a free phone consultation at 1-800-539-9460. That's 1-800-539-9460. 1-800-539-9460. United we stand. 1-800-539-9460. I'm Dave Graveline. I wish it could do something for my voice, but nothing has worked so far. I'm Chris Graveline. But thanks for tuning in. Thanks especially when you call in and participate. And we've got two great easy ways for you to do that. What's the easiest way, and it's toll-free from anywhere in North America? Just pick up the phone. Uh, most of us are used to uh, actually using a phone to call, make phone calls these so days. So punch some digits? Punch some digits. Call uh, 800-899-INTO, which is 800-899-4686 for the mnemonically challenged. Okay. Or the brand new way, and we're getting a lot of response that way because it is so easy, on anything that has a browser. Your phone, your tablet, your laptop, anything that might have a browser, then what? Stop by intotomorrow.com. You'll see on the right side, there's a little uh, button that says, Ask Dave with a microphone. Ooh, mash that button. Mash the button. (laughs) 
<laughs> and that'll allow you to send us an audio message for, there from any browser. There you go. Lance in Dearborn, Michigan listens online. Welcome, Lance. I've been getting into uh, home gardening now more lately, and I am planning, since I live in some of the northern states, to uh, try to do some indoor gardening. And I was wondering, are there any sensors or anything that I could use, any sort of tech that would help me in my uh, desire to get you know, the perfect tomato, uh, either outdoors or indoors? How do you live in some of the northern states? Wouldn't you live in one of the states? Maybe. I'm, I'm confused. Well, maybe he's at one of those points where, like, you know, three or four corners where you can step into his garden and he's in a different state but in his home. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. But, Lance, good good question. And kind of like Chris, who's been getting into gardening lately, and it seems like everything he tries to grow grows like crazy. Why? How? Because I'm just that good. Oh, right. (laughs) But Lance, the main sensor you'd be able to use is a soil moisture sensor. They're relatively inexpensive. For example, a PlanetLink soils sensor will cost you about $35 and can be calibrated to monitor for the moisture requirements of tens of thousands of different plants. Those kinds of sensors are not all the same, however. Uh, You can find smart ones that will alert your phone if the plant needs more water, which can be a helpful hint if you're new at this hobby. It's not rare for sensors like these to need to be linked to a hub, for example, like Samsung's SmartThings hub. Uh, There's a little bit of a pain uh, in getting all that set up because you'll need one extra device, but it does help extend battery life by using less energy-hungry radios, if you will, than what Wi-Fi would require. Yeah, and that reminds me of a very you know low-tech, but when I was a kid, I thought it was a high-tech moisture sensor that my grandmother had in her plants, and it was a simple little like bird that stuck into the soil, had batteries in it, and when it sensed that it needed soil, the bird started chirping. Really? And when I was a kid, I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> but these, are, these, these work similar ways. They just send a signal to your phone. You even told her, don't water it. I want to wait for it to chirp. Exactly. Okay. Now, Lance, since you mentioned indoor gardening, you might be interested in some of the all-in-one indoor smart garden devices. These are boxes that have room for the plants themselves, but also include monitoring and grow lights. Oh, cool. Some can control their humidity as well to create an ideal environment for the plants. Now, there are lots and lots of these boxes to the point that they're fairly generic, and it'd be hard to recommend an actual brand. A few years ago, they made up about 30% of all the major tech trade shows. They normally start at around $100 and go up in price depending on both size and features. For example, the soil sensor and humidity control, but also Wi-Fi alerts, automatic watering, automatic light scheduling, and so forth. Wow, very cool. So, Lance, let us know what you end up using, or maybe a combination of the plethora of suggestions that we provided, and what works and doesn't work for you, so you'll help... Not only Chris, who's big time into gardening as well, but others listening that want to do the same thing. And there's even some of these smart light bulbs that have uh, modes. I know you've got one in your bedroom because you've got a plant in there to try yeah. to help oxygenate your room. <laughs> yeah. And you've got a Wiz smart bulb. So mm-hmm. I know that you know when you, when you leave the bedroom in the morning, you have it go into the grow light mode. Yeah, so which we'll- is really strange to see this purple light emanating from my bedroom during the day because that's I just leave that one on so that the plant grows toward it. And I'll be darned if it's, it's working. And I'm, I was surprised. It's probably any light, but this one happens to be, they call it a grow light because it's kind of a purple hue. Maybe it is better for the plant. I don't know, but it's working. So this little philodendron, whatever kind of thing seems to be healthy. Yeah. And I forget to water it anyway. Well, those are hard to kill. Okay, that's why. That's why it's good for you to have. <laughs> Very good. I, I also do manage to grow, uh, between you and Fausto helping me, uh, Cameron's big strawberry planter out front on my front porch. 
and I I pulled seven strawberries off it the other day. You know, yes, in March here in Miami, and they were very sweet and tasty and wonderful. And there's a probably twenty or thirty more growing, waiting to turn red and and be juicy. That's one of the joys of living in South Florida. We have very long grow seasons outside. Yeah, that's very true. But that's about it in terms of what I grow. Although I do have a mango tree for the first time getting little tiny baby mangoes the size of a pea so far. If I'm lucky, maybe one will grow into a mango. Just keep those squirrels away. Yeah, exactly. But you got to monitor it for me because I'm not I don't have the green thumb. Denise in Starkville, Mississippi listens on Super Talk 97.3. How safe is the Venmo app? And what are your recommendations on Venmo or any other money apps? Well, Denise, the Venmo app is generally safe to use. It's owned by PayPal, so at least you know there's a big publicly traded company behind it that stands to lose a lot if there's a big security breach. You just search for their names on the app, select how much money you want to send or request, and do it. There's really not much to it. It's a very fast, free way of transferring money to others. Now, the app, the Venmo app, has a social media aspect to it. It. You get sort of a news feed listing transactions that your friends have made. It doesn't list personal info, but you'd be able to see who paid who, assuming that their privacy settings are set to public, which is unfortunately the default. Yeah, I don't um, like that. Yeah, but you can go to the settings and change the default to participants only, and then only you and the person on the other end of your transaction will see that in your feeds. Yeah, as for recommendations, they're all the same. Venmo, Cash App, I prefer that one for whatever reason. Zelle, Apple, and Google Pay, they're all basically the same and pretty much interesting. Changeable. Just use whichever the people you want to exchange funds with are using. Alan in Ackerman, Mississippi, welcome. Has solid state drives come into being a reasonable cost compared to hard drives? Well, Alan, they sure are more reasonable than they used to be. Most 500-gigabyte SSDs won't crack $100 these days. Now, having said that, they're still far more expensive than hard disk drives. It's not hard to find a one-terabyte HDD for about 40 bucks. You won't find that kind of price for a one-terabyte SSD at all. Yeah, no, but having said that, most people are using less storage than they used to these days, since their videos, music, and pictures have all left their computers. Um, so you may get a better return from buying a smaller but faster SSD than a larger and slower hard disk drive. Yes, it's more expensive. But at, to your point, if you're doing a lot of stuff in the cloud, storing things there and not on your machine, if you can get an SSD for what little storage you need and program launching and so forth, it's so much faster. The cool Into Tomorrow Hot Summer Giveaway. Man, have we got some goodies that you want. And how do you get them? You simply call in in a number of ways, Chris will remind you. And that's it. Participate on the show. Let us hear you. And you could win things like... From Razer, Black Widow Lite Silent Mechanical Keyboard to up your productivity. And a Kyo Webcam, perfect work-from-home webcam with a built-in adjustable ring light. Oh, very cool. How about from Yamaha, their SHS500 Sonogenic Keytar. That's worth 500 bucks. Or their EAD10 Drum Module worth $629, transforming acoustic drum sounds with studio quality digital effects. Got a kid? Know knows somebody who has a kid? You can use an LFO Eclip baby car seat alarm, giving peace of mind to busy parents. Yes, this is a major safety item, and they sent us a bunch of them to share with you. 
From Viper, we've got a color OLED two-way security and remote start system valued at 600 bucks. From Vox Electronics, a 10.1 high-res in-vehicle digital smart TV overhead monitor system worth $700. And from Vox Power Systems, their emergency installed battery backup system for your vehicle, the power you need when you need it most, and that's worth 250 bucks. If you've got an Android phone or tablet, you could use uh, from TypeWise promo codes for a lifetime subscription to their TypeWise custom keyboard for Android devices. And trust me, if you've got an Android device, you want a TypeWise custom keyboard, we'll get you one. And how about from Catalyst, a whole bunch of their goodies. They always send us a box full of things like impact protection, Apple Watch cases. We've got Vibe Series rugged cases for various iPhone 12 models and lots more. Civic Health sent us a box of their clear-up microcurrent devices that relieve congestion from colds, flu, and allergies with carrying cases. How would you like a robotic vacuum cleaner? Oh, we've got it for you from RoboRock, the S6 Max-V robotic vacuum, True Vision Smarter Action, and that's worth $700. You get the idea? So many cool things and more to come as we take delivery on more items during this year's Cool Into Tomorrow Hot Summer Giveaway. And how does one participate? Easily. You can call the 800 number at 800-899-4686. It's 800-899-INTO. 24-7, by the way. Yeah. It's 365. Yes. You can use the Into Tomorrow app, which is free for iOS and Android devices. There's a message to studio button. You can push it and send us an audio question or comment that way. There's also no charge. Also, it doesn't cost you a thing. And also free is on our site at intotomorrow.com. There's a little Ask Dave button. And you can also record and send us a question that way. A little red button with a microphone. Can't miss it. Yeah. Again, you can do that on any device with a browser at intotomorrow.com. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you want a company that's there when you need them, who actually picks up the phone when you call. That's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or visit Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline, now in our 26th year on the air, covering the latest in consumer tech, including gadgets and gizmos, products and services, all sorts of cool things available today and into tomorrow. And we're delighted that you not only tune in, but even more delighted when you call in and you participate on the program. You've got a consumer tech question of any sort, or you want to help another listener. We love those kinds of calls, too. Maybe you just want to share with us your favorite app these days and why. Whatever the case, we want to hear from you anytime, 24-7. The best way is the audio option on the free Into Tomorrow app, which I know you already have on your phone and tablet. But if not, please be sure and snag it. Search those two words in your favorite app store, Into Tomorrow. Or you can call the old-fashioned way, works toll-free anywhere in North America, 800-899-INTO, 1-800-899-4686. 
Our next guest joins us from one of the oldest high-tech market research companies in Silicon Valley, and he writes regularly, always love his articles, they pop out at you, about tech industry's impact on such things as the PC and the consumer electronics markets. We just don't have him on as often as I'd like. The president of Creative Strategies is Tim Beharin. Tim, welcome back into tomorrow. How are you, sir? I look forward to chatting with you all the time. And of course, cross, crossing paths with you once in a while when we're out, when we were out yeah. <laughs> in the past. <laughs> yeah, and we would run across each other literally around the world back in the good old days when we could travel. It's just a whole different world these days, is it not? <laughs> It really is. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the la- the latest article that certainly grabbed our attention, and I said, oh, man, we got to get Tim back on the show and talk about that. <laughs> Five tech concerns for 2021. So now that we're in 2021, I certainly want to get your handle on where you think we're headed into tomorrow and, and what are the kinds of things that really jumped out at you? Well, uh, as I look forward to the next year, um, I mean, 2020 itself, of course, was a very difficult year for everybody, even in the tech sector. But we did have some bright spots. I mean, working from home has become more mainstream. Uh, The whole video conferencing thing took off after years and years of us trying to, all of us in the industry who were involved with video conferencing, wanting that to really become mainstream. Yeah, in fact, good, good point that you bring up in your article is is basically, who ever heard of Zoom before last year? You know? yeah. And now yeah. now you can't not hear about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, the, but the fact is, 2021 um, is an interesting new year for tech, because I do think, as I pointed out in my Forbes column this week, that there are some challenges or concerns that I have going into this year for tech. And, and again, there, there's four or five I'll quickly go into, but the first one is the, the whole increased regulatory challenges that you're going to have against big tech. Mm. You know, the, the Republicans and the Democrats both have been on kind of a war path as far as trying to pull in what they call uh, potential monopolies of big tech, as well as trying to regulate them. And you have, of course, this current antitrust suit that's uh, pending for Facebook, and you're going to see others, I think. And while in the last, in the past, tech has been on their on their radar, this is the first time I think it's elevated to the space where it really looks like we're going to see some potential regulatory action. Oh, so you, now, again, you do think that that's going to happen, hopefully. I mean, for the rest of us and anti-social media, uh, I think a lot of us think, my gosh, they got to be regulated or at least broke up a couple of their various and sundry billion-dollar divisions or something. Yeah, although I point out that I don't believe Congress will do it. I think it, this will come as a result of more research that will be done by the FTC, the SEC, and possibly even the, the, the Department of Justice. Uh. Um, but... There is a, the second thing I point out is there is a new regulatory threat to uh, the companies in Europe that is really interesting because they could soon face fines and stricter controls over their, over their behavior as part of a sweeping new rules in the EU. Uh, I think it's been about a month ago the EU Commission, which is the executive arm of the EU, presented two new pieces of legislation that will affect how big tech operates. One of the potential changes that's really interesting is putting an end to self-preferencing. So, for example, in an app search, if results for an Apple product display options 
developed by the Tech Giant come first, um, they could literally be forced to take that out of the process, and failure to comply would be, and listen to this, failure to comply could result in fines as high as 10% of the company's annual turnover worldwide. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you talk and, about a company like Apple, or, or, or for that matter, Google or Facebook or a lot of these big companies, that's a hefty amount of money. Yeah, and that's just the EU. Now, yeah. whether that legislation gets passed, I don't know. But I suspect that the U.S. will take similar look at that these new EU rules and see if they, they, could, they could find a way to apply it here. Well, Tim, do you think that the EU has, in some cases over the last few years, maybe gone a little overboard? I mean, from privacy standpoint, great for consumers. But sometimes, as tech folk that we are, we look at it and say... Well, they're really stifling competition, it seems, in some cases. Now, granted, they do need to rein in some of these big companies, but you have to wonder, you know, gee, why aren't we doing that here in the U.S.? Well, because, you know, we we are hopefully uh, encouraging competition, but they seem to be stifling a whole lot. Well, it is, and that's also potential stifling innovation. Yeah, of course. And it is something that I do believe the EU has gone overboard on some issues, but some of them are legit. However, this new um, threat to them, a uh, threat from the EU to companies like, especially like Facebook and Apple and, and Google, mm-hmm. uh, could be really interesting, and we're watching that closely. And that could come to a head sometime in 2021. Wow. The next thing I bring out is this, new, this whole cybersecurity breach that came out of the um, uh, social wind, or what did it go? Social winds, or what was it, fire? Anyway, the, the, the most recent one, where it looks like the Russians have attacked um, not only tech companies, but government agencies, etc. Mm-hmm. And I pointed out that, you know, Robert Hackett in his data sheet column predicts a digital pandemic next year with potential gigantic security breaches of, of, of what we don't even know at this point. And um, given the fact that it does appear that this came from Russia... Uh, we know that Russia has multiple multiple motives to try to sow discord and problems in the U.S. as they have for decades. Sure. And now they have a new weapon with this type of cybersecurity breach. So you see so a possible a pan, pandemic this year in 2021 now of uh, of tech, which is kind of challenging and scary in and of itself. Although people are saying, well, that's better than the pandemic we've been dealing with this uh, for the past year. But uh, it's not good for even us as consumers. That can't be a good thing. No, because we don't, again, we don't know how deep they have been able to penetrate things, for example, such as our electric grid. Mm. But imagine, you know, if they, if, if part of this breach of security allowed Russia to take control of our electric grid, and we would be out, certain parts of the country could be out of power for weeks, let's oh, say. Jeez. I mean, you're talking about a totally different type of, and that's why Hack, um, Robert Hackett of Fortune uses the term digital pandemic because we just don't know how large the cyber attack is and, more importantly, how deep they've gotten in. So I consider that a very big concern for 2021. Oh, for sure. And and what we don't know uh, can probably scare us even more because who knows how many cyber attacks, whether it be from Russia or domestically or from China what or Iran, whatever, how many have been stopped up to this point? And, you know, we don't 
talk, of course, a lot about those things because most companies or power grids or governments don't want you to know in many cases that they were able to stop something because then, you know, it's better left unsaid, I guess. Yeah, we're on the job. We're we're secure. Everything's okay. But you you bring up a good point between the power grid. I mean, let alone we all personally worry about our banking and right. Get into the financial markets, too. (laughs) Yeah. Gee, I mean, it is scary when you talk about what can happen. And now then people, I'm I'm assuming a lot of our audience listening to now is saying, well, who's responsible for that? Is it the government? Is it the private companies? Is it our banks, you know, that should be protecting us? And I guess it's all of the above, but we also have to take an effort, too. Yeah, I mean, we all have to deal with our own protection of personal privacy, but boy, this goes way beyond stuff that's in our personal control. Tim, if you'll allow me to interrupt real quick, we're going to pay a couple of bills, come right back and talk more with Tim Beharin, the president of Creative Strategies at creativestrategies.com as Into Tomorrow continues. Don't go away. take a lot of medicine or take care of someone that does hero is the new smart device that makes life easier by pre-sorting a 90-day supply of up to 10 different pills just pour them in and hero does the rest so easy to use and saves me so much time i never miss a dose i'm never late for a dose anymore and that is so critical to me what I like best about my Hero is that it's so easy to set up and it's so easy to use. And I don't have to worry about my pills or get distracted and forget, did I take that pill or not? Because it reminds me. It alerts and dispenses with the push of a button. Plus, Hero sends a friendly alert to you and a caregiver. Hero is amazing, but you could even live out of state with the person and still program their Hero from the convenience of your phone. I feel better than I have ever felt simply because I have this device. Try Hero risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, you don't don't keep it. Call 800-613-2715. That's 800-613-2715. 800-613-2715. Call now. Welcome back as Into Tomorrow continues for our now our 26th year on the air. We're talking with the president of Creative Strategies, Tim Beharin. The other thing that I bring out, a couple others, uh, but the one last one I want to leave you with is our very concern about the fact that China is, and China now has Taiwan on their radar, more so than in the past. As you know, China has always believed that Taiwan was a part of China. Yeah, and has allowed them to stay basically neutral and independent. But because of what happened in Hong Kong recently, there's real concern by my friends who I deal with in Taiwan, and these are high-level business execs, that China could make a move on trying to, quote-unquote, nationalize Taiwan. Oh. And, and, and you and I, having both been in Taiwan many times, oh, yeah. because there's a lot of tech emanating from there, too, and touring factories and whatnot, that can't be good for the industry that we cover, let alone the people. Well, especially if China exerts control. Yeah. Now, they could, they could do what they've done in China in the sense where they try to, to take over and protect its borders and make it a part of the Chinese quote-unquote, leader or, or uh, property. But, you know, in Hong Kong, they're, they're, not, they're not stifling what's going on with at least innovation at the moment. Hmm. They are trying to go after some of the big companies that are, are also in, in China but also have big 
businesses in Hong Kong as far as regulation. But where this concerns me from Taiwan's standpoint is that, as you know, the majority of stuff we get created for us comes from the big players like Foxconn, who makes Apple computers. I mean, uh, Apple's iPhone and actually Apple's computers. Yeah. <laughs> or or uh, Quant, excuse me, Quanta or um, Compel. All of these big manufacturers, as well as um, uh, one of the biggest semiconductor companies in the world, TSMC, is based in Taiwan. Oh, that's right, yeah. And, they and, and their products the go into a lot of other products that we all buy. Yeah, billions of them. Yeah. And if China ever could be in a position where they had full control of that, the impact on our supply chain could be significant in the future. Oh. So that's why we're watching that as a political thing. Now, we don't know how fast China might move. Um, we just know that the Taiwanese execs I talk to are telling me that this is the first time in their lives that they are really concerned about China and potentially China moving to nationalize Taiwan. Wow. And do you and do, are these execs saying things off the record to you, like you know we're looking to move to South Korea, maybe, or we're you know the the Philippines or something? I mean, somewhere in the vicinity, I guess, stay in Asia uh, or move here to the U.S. I mean, is there any of that kind of talk? Well, going they on? are. First of all, they they already are concerned, have been concerned about this for a long time, so they're already starting to move their actual manufacturing, at least a significant part of manufacturing, over to places like. Vietnam and uh, mm. Malaysia and uh, other regions in the Pacific, uh, so, excuse me, in, in uh, Southeast Asia, um, some of them even moved into India and a couple have moved into Mexico. Oh, wow. Uh, but having said that, it, it, you still have concerns, uh, even though they, they, the Taiwanese ODMs, let's say, the guys that make the products, who create all of the the actual intellectual property in Taiwan, but it's actually made in China, they've already started to move some of that away, but they can't move all of it. That's the problem. Yeah. And, 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 and like it I would said, become it become really obvious to the Chinese government if they up and pack up and, and go elsewhere, and then they'll try to stop that because now they're concerned that it's affecting their whole economy. They could. Yeah. The good news is we don't see that happening yet. Right, and they're doing uh, it, I hope, quietly and, and yet swiftly, <laughs> as oh, necessary. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I only brought up in this particular column a concern for 2021 being that we're seeing more interest in China to move in on Taiwan. Hmm. And again, we don't know what that might mean, but the whole concept of if China nationalized Taiwan presents a whole separate big issue for especially those of us who deal with Taiwan as a part of our supply chain. Yeah. And if you look underneath most electronics, it's going to say, in many cases, made in China or made in Taiwan, uh, oh, maybe yeah. some made in Korea, but for the vast majority, it's China and Taiwan. So think about how the, the tech industry, as you mentioned, Tim, the supply chain, but us just as consumers can be affected with rising costs, if, assuming we can even get the products that we want. Yeah. Yeah, wow. absolutely. As always, you're a delight to talk with. Uh, it's kind of scary, the kinds of things sometimes that you do come up with, but it's stuff that we do need to pay attention to. Uh, I invite our audience, when you get a chance, check out uh, Tim's latest Forbes article, Five Tech Concerns for This Year, 2021, and you'll find it 
fascinating like we did. And, of course, check out creativestrategies.com. We'll link you there, too, when you hit us up at intotomorrow.com. And that's uh, Tim's site, and you'll see what he and his team are up to on a regular basis. Tim Beharin, president of Creative Strategies. Keep strategizing, and let's stay in touch and get you on more frequently. Very good, Dave. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. Again, creativestrategies.com for more. I'm Dave Graveline. We continue bringing you further into tomorrow right here on the Advanced Media Network. Attention Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero copays on many services, and zero deductibles. Call 800-901-5093. That's 800-901-5093. Welcome back into tomorrow. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. Starting your own podcast is easy. Just go to blueberry.com and get your free trial. That's Blueberry without the E's. B L U B R R Y.com. Rich in Purcellville, Virginia sent this text Dave, taking questions via text is a very Into Tomorrow thing to do. Well, of course. We agree. <laughs> I'm in the process of buying a new TV online and I'm wondering what specs to look for to make to make sure I get the best possible picture. There's resolution, contrast, HDR, and many others, so I'm not sure which matter most and what to look for. Well, Rich, your budget matters most. 4K will give you the best resolution that you're likely to access content in uh, for a little while anyway. You'll probably even forget you didn't buy 4K if you don't go below 1080p. The difference is not as stark as standard uh, it was to HD. HDR will uh, get you better contrast. So deeper blacks, brighter whites, that kind of thing. Yeah, whatever you buy, leave some room in your budget, though, for speakers or a sound bar if you don't already have any of those. Modern TVs are thin, and that doesn't leave any room for decent speakers. Uh, some TVs sound so bad that you may not even understand a movie's dialogue. Uh, in reality, if you care about picture quality, you probably want to look at the picture with your own eyes before you go by. So you may want to check a local retailer. Everyone uses the same buzzwords, but the quality differs across sets. Liz in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, now listening online. Welcome into tomorrow. Okay. I was under the impression, quite possibly a mistaken one, that a smart TV would allow me to watch what was on my iPhone or iPad through my TV. I know these devices are smart, but me, not so much. (laughs) Oh, Liz, don't say that. You were smart enough to participate. Call in and let us help you out. Uh, To play your iOS content on your TV, you'll need AirPlay. There are a few ways to get AirPlay, but the most common is through an official Apple device. The other ways are a little bit on the technical side, and you probably don't want to deal with them. Yeah, there's some TVs that have AirPlay built in. The uh, Vizio that you have in your living room has mm-hmm. got AirPlay built into yeah. it. Um, now, the cheapest and easiest way to play most of your content from your iOS device on your TV would probably be a Chromecast. They're made by Google, and they start at around 30 bucks. They're not perfect, but they're easy enough to use, and their only real mission is to put content from phones or tablets onto the TVs. 
and Apple TV will be the most seamless way to play content from your iOS devices, but they're standalone devices as well and will cost you a lot more. Yeah. Apple wants to get every nickel they can from you all the time, but at least you do have some options. I think Chromecast is the cheapest way to go. Intotomorrow.com. Let's meet there.